Ron Ananian. I've only been fixing cars 44 years, so I'm not really sure if this is... You know, I'm kind of looking for the next thing to do, uh, you know, because I'm not quite sure how good I am at fixing cars. All I wanted was a car. All I wanted was a car. The Car Doctor. It takes a dedication like you've never seen. The most important piece of being in the repair business is how long have you been doing it? Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Here to take your calls and answer your questions. More information about this radio show at cardoctorshow.com. Keep in mind, 855-560-9900 is a 24-7 number. You can call and leave a message. And executive producer Tom Ray will hook you up the next live broadcast as uh, we do broadcast Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And we realize that many of our affiliates do carry the show at odd times or different times, I should say, uh, to correct myself, different times around the network uh, over the course of the weekend. So 855-560-9900 is your ticket in. You can leave a message, and Tom Ray will call you back and put you into the next live broadcast. Um, I'm thinking of starting a new feature, and uh, uh, Mikey, my board op, saw an example of it today unfortunately for him it's called rides with ron and what what happened was the studio by the time everybody got to the studio today they were doing some construction and um my vehicle was blocked in and i usually go out you know pre-show and i i pick up lunch for the boys and it's a um it's it's been a tradition here at the car doctor for many many years and i like to feed people i'm you know it's just my nature and uh, Mikey, come on, let's go. You can you can drive me to the deli today because his car was at the very end. And uh, off we went. And um, I think I'm going to call this feature Rides with Ron. This is why nobody ever wants to take me anywhere. So we're about 30 seconds in. And, uh, well, I'll let, I'll let Mikey. Mikey, you want to jump in and tell this story because Mikey doesn't like, well, I think he likes this. What happened here? So uh, we get in my car, and no more than 30 seconds down the road does Ron say, uh, you hear that sound? And I'm thinking... What are you talking about? And he's like, "Yeah, how bad is? How long has it been since uh, you've had a left, uh, a bad left rear tire uh, uh, bearing?" And I was like, "What are you talking about, Ron?" Yeah, he didn't even realize that the wheel bearing was bad. He's gotten used to the sound to the point that that dull hum, that 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 sensation that. He said, yeah, I kind of thought something had changed, but, you know, denial's a river in Egypt and also a human emotion, and he was just like, you know, gee, I hope not, but, and so Mike, you'll be into his mechanic next week to get a wheel bearing done. I'm betting left rear. It's somewhere in the rear. You can hear it. And the point of this is, I think we should start a new feature. You know, Seinfeld does, you know, getting coffee and cars with comedians. We could do rides with Ron, and I'll tell you what's wrong with the car in a minute or less. Um, you know, it would just be, I mean, we could do that. We'll do that like a prize giveaway. But it's very important, and it does make the point that one of the things I always state that a good repair shop can do on an oil change that, you know, the, the ones that don't really care or the quick lubes can't is that ride, that minute ride, that spin around the block, 
that they're listening for sounds and clunks and how the vehicle operates and you know they're looking for that problem that small problem before it becomes a bigger one and that's why the road test before the repair after the repair during the repair becomes so darn important and in Mikey's case it'll cost them a couple of 300 bucks sorry Mike but you know at least his wheel's not going to fall off eventually or he's going to get stuck somewhere short Tom uh-huh. yeah well so don't worry Tom hey Tom listen after the show today I need somebody to take me to the corner store to get a quart of milk uh, you're you're nominated that's okay get uh, the hot rod out uh, well that's true too um, uh, but it is it is important to listen to sounds and if something sounds different chances are it is listen the suburban right um, the suburban I always say it like that my suburban uh, 68,000, almost 69,000 miles strong now, 2004. I think it's going through a front differential. Had it out on the highway the other day for the first time in a while, and it's starting to make a growl up front that sounds like uh, the front carrier bearings are starting to go south. So I'm betting I get to overhaul that sometime soon. So it happens to all of us. Congratulations, Mikey. You're in a good group. I want to talk about this 2014 Honda. That was towed into the shop this week. 2014 Honda CRV that I haven't seen since October. And it was tires and brakes then. And I remember the conversation very specifically because I said, by the way, it's due for an oil change in about 500 miles. Would you, would you like to do it? And, uh, you know, it was, well, you know, the brakes and the tires, it's, it's a lot right now. And why don't we just put that off and we'll change the oil in January when it's due? Okay, I, I get that. I... You know, I understand that. I respect that. Well, let's see. What month was this? This was, so we're in August, and the car was out in front of the shop this week, and it stopped running. And they, the note said, we replaced the spark plugs, which I have no idea why we did that, and it didn't help, and the car still doesn't run. I stopped to get gas, and it wouldn't restart. Okay. So I got in the car, and I I cranked it. And while I was cranking it, trying to get it to start, I glanced up at the oil change sticker, something, because I remembered the car. Gee, it says January. Uh-oh. And it's like 5,000 miles ago. Uh-oh, uh-oh. So when the car cranked funny, it, it sort of had this uneven... Okay. You know, you can tell a lot by listening to cars and people. They'll 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 show you who they are and they'll tell you what's wrong with them if you just let it go on long enough, you know. It's just it's just words in the interim until you make it into something more. And the sounds that you get from a car are just sounds until you can make it into something more. So I got out, I popped the hood and checked the oil and well there was none. You know, I pulled the dipstick twice and there was no oil on the dipstick. Uh oh. So, sixty-five thousand mile car. It's a shame. It really is. So I called the father because it was the daughter's car, and I I know where to start. You know, one of the things in in, in being in this business, and I think being successful is, uh, you know, staying away from the emotion. You want to just deal with the facts. And I explained to John everything I knew and I said why don't you come on down I'll, I'll show you what I got and he comes down and um, I got it to start finally after I put some oil in it and it sure did make a great noise boy let me tell you it was 
it sounded like three cats in a bag with a door closing on them. It just didn't sound good at all. Uh, you know, and we're done. And he looks at me and he said, what do you mean we're done? I said, well, the real question here is what color? What do you mean what color? And I said, what color do you want the next car to be? Because obviously light blue is not working out for you. And I ran him through the whole gamut. I said, John, it's out of oil. I said, when was the oil change done last? She, I don't know. My daughter's been driving it. Well, let's ask her. She said, well, I don't know. You know, I've been busy planning for my wedding. Oh, boy. So now we've got a wedding to pay for. We need an engine for the Honda. We're upside down in the loan, you know, well over, well over 10 grand. All right. And we've got no way to get anywhere, especially work. The point of this really becomes, you know what, I get it. Oil changes are getting longer in between, and I'm not going to sit here and debate whether it's a, a five, six, seven, or 10,000-mile oil change. You know, a couple of years ago, I had a conversation, and, and, and I was trying to explain to somebody at the time, and I think the conversation was taken out of context, when I said, you know, longer oil change intervals will cause engine issues. And my reference then, as I recall it, as it is now is, yeah, it will, if you don't check the oil. An honest show of hands, how many people are doing seven and eight and nine, 10,000 mile oil change intervals? How many of you get out there and ch actually check the oil level once a month? And I bet you three out of 10 have their hands up. I bet you it's not that many. You've really got the time. You've really got a rag stuffed under the hood. You really know where the dipstick is. And you're telling me before you start the car on a regular basis, all you people, everybody gets out there and checks level. I don't think so. And that's where the connotation about the extended oil change interval can cost money. I don't know what the outcome is yet. And unfortunately, none of the prospects are good. It's, it, it sounds like, it cranks like the timing chain jumped the tooth. So because when it ran out of oil, it ran out of oil, the hydraulic tensioner for the chain popped. So it undoubtedly, I did get it to start once, and it sounded late in its timing. So mechanical timing has changed, and uh, the noise just got to be too severe, even with oil in it, that I stopped. But just doing a timing chain, resetting it, and so on, to me, is of no value because the engine ran out of oil. It, you know, it would be like taking all the blood out of your body to the point where your heart stopped. It, you know, you've got to suffer brain damage in, in that case, and, you know. Judging by the, some of the people walking around on the planet, I think a few of them have had their blood drained and uh, they're suffering brain damage. Um, a lot of them seem to live in Washington. I don't want to get political. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just important. If you're going longer on oil changes, if you're looking up and your oil change sticker says you're late, check the oil. All right? By the way, I should point out that in my research, and I sort of heard this in the wind, this generation Honda CRV. Can you imagine this? A Honda actually has a problem with oil consumption. I can't understand that. I thought they were supercars. I thought the cars just, you know, I thought the cars were so good they changed their oil on their own and they put gas in the tank by themselves. I didn't think that you really had to do any work to them. I'm just amazed the dealership has any repair techs because the cars never break. They're wonderful. But in any event, um, we're going to find out next week it was towed to the local dealer. I'm betting it gets an engine. And, um, uh, you know, we'll hopefully uh, the, the young person will learn from this and, and move their day along. So if you've got a car, you're going longer on oil change. If you haven't gotten it in to get the oil change, and even if you are, 
It doesn't hurt to learn the tempo of your car. Check your oil on a regular basis. 855-560-9900. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, coming back right after this. Keep Ron's number handy, 855-560-9900, for when you really need advice on your car. Here's Ron. Hey, let's get over and talk to, oh, let's go over and talk to Matt in Connecticut, 15 Hyundai Sonata. Matthew, welcome to the car, Dr. Sir. How can I help? Hey, how you doing today? Good. What's going on? All right. So, um, Monday night, um, on the way home from work, 2015 Sonata, it's got 63,000 miles on it. 63,000, like right? Go ahead. 63,000. Yeah, 63, yep. Okay. Correct. Um, and all of a sudden, the, all the lights in the dashboard went on, on and it just died. Went over the side of the road, it wouldn't start back up, we had like 10 minutes, nothing, had to have it towed. Um, next day, as far as fine, they drove it to the, to the garage and they put the scanner tool on it because the engine light was still on and it was a code P0114. Okay. So a guy changed the CVT valve. Okay. Or VVT, I'll be up that day v, VVT valve, variable valve timing? Yes, that's it, yes. Okay. And trying to make this short, um, Carly said it was fine, the engine was, was, was cleared, but he would, he would bring it to the dealer because he still hears a funny noise. Ten minutes goes by, I drive away, ten minutes later it dies again. I go there, he said, there's nothing else he could do to me, I better bring it to the dealer. So I had to tow it again. I got the call from the dealer yesterday. They said a complete engine failure. They have to submit all the paperwork to Hyundai. So I'm, I'm nervous wrecked the last two days. I don't know if I got to pay for a new engine or if Hyundai's going to pay for this because te- technically the warranty ended at 60000 I right. got 63,000 miles on it. So let me ask you a couple of questions, Matt. And- you know, as you said, the ball is now in Hyundai's court because you are technically 3,000 miles overdue, uh, the warranty. Um, do you have documentation showing regular oil changes? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can get received. That's, yeah, definitely. Every, I had done this uh, synthetic oil every 5,000 miles. Okay. Uh, were, were any of them done by the dealer? No. Not that it matters, but, um, you know, and then, you know, whose was it and, you know, has the dealer squawked at all about that there's not a Hyundai oil filter on there? I haven't made no one said anything. This is the first time it's been at the dealer. Okay. I bought it secondhand only um, nine months ago with 40,000 miles on it. Right. So you only know the so oil change history. You only know the oil change history for the last 23,000 miles. Right, exactly, right. Right. So... So, uh, you know, a couple of things have to happen here. First of all, somebody's got to show where was it the first 40,000 miles of its life. Maybe it was dealer-maintained. All right. The other thing to be... Oh, probably can get a Carfax on it. Right. You know, you could look at Carfax and see what Carfax tells you. The other thing to understand is that it's really up to them in the sense of what do they want to do. If they can prove regular oil changes, they may bounce it on the 3,000. They may say, hey, customer goodwill. Maybe you can go in and negotiate and say, listen, you guys you guys pay for the engine. I'll pay for the labor. At least you get something. All right? They're, you know, you're in a gray area because I agree. At 60,000 miles, does that mean it's 60,001? 
or sixty-three thousand. You know, it's not seventy thousand. It's not sixty-five thousand. It's three thousand miles past yeah, it. Yeah, true. Uh, you know, so you've got to think of it. You know, approach it like a lawyer approaching the judge. All right. Uh, what it'll come down to is, you know, to where and to what level do they want to play ball in this court? I do have a few customers with, I believe, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen sonatas that I can think of four people in specifically. I can think three out of the four went into Hyundai for an airbag recall and a week later walked out the door with new short blocks because there was problems with those particular engines. The um, uh, indexing of the serial numbers, their particular VIN number came up with, oh, by the way, this is a potential problem with an engine. Those cars had two were under 60, and one of them was over 60, and they they all three got new engines out of the blue, and they weren't even looking for them. So while I've... I've seen that. I've read that. Yeah, and I, I haven't... You know, it's funny, right? I haven't been able to find any support documentation as to why, you know, looking at all my usual places and some of my not-so-usual places. When I speak with Hyundai, when I can get some answers out of the parts people, and they're generally tight-lipped about it, it, it seems to me that this generation Sonata has has some issues, and they're not really talking about it. You know, car companies don't like to talk about their their failures; they like to talk about their successes. Buy more cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's what it all comes back to. Um, I was talking in the first segment this hour about the Honda CRV that the young lady ran out of oil and I think she's as, I think she's more to blame than the car but um, when the father the father was telling me you know when I called Honda and I said the car ran out of oil he said his words were crickets he said the the service writer wasn't surprised he didn't you know what you would think about it hey your car ran out of oil usually somebody would go oh my god it was just crickets like he knew he expected it like he's he's seen this before and my suspicion mm-hmm. is Hyundai has seen this before, and they're not necessarily talking about it, and they're not going to talk about it until the manufacturer you know, tells them, okay, we'll cover it or not. Um, I would weigh your options carefully. Uh, I would try and negotiate something out of them. I don't know that I would necessarily put an engine in a what's about to be a five- or six-year-old vehicle to start all over again because look at the support you're not getting from them making you have to pay for it if that's the case it kind of gives you room to consider and uh, do it that way good luck to you matt let us know what happens i'm ron and annie and the car doctor we're back right after this oh is it my turn to speak now i thought you were so you're pointing at me Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. Just having fun, folks. Uh, Mikey and I are kind of rolling along. He's recovering from his ride with Ron this morning. Um, let's go over and talk to Frank in Delaware, 17 Chevy Traverse. Frank, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help? Hello, Ron. Yes, Good sir. afternoon. Uh, yes. I had a question about the uh, about tires. Uh, there's steel rims on uh, the, the general grabber tires. Right. And I don't know if a general, uh, I, I had them road force balanced, and then uh, they seem to be pretty close to balance, you know, zeroed out. And I don't know if zeroing out, if that actually is a reality or not. But uh, taking a trip up to Philly and, and to, to Wilmington down down here in Millsboro, uh, it seems like they're vibrating again. Are, are the weights shifting, I guess? 
when when you say vibrating, Frank, you're you're getting a vibration where in the seat of your pants and the steering wheel, the whole car shakes. Uh, it's pretty much uh, it's a variety. It's almost like it's changing. I I don't know if it's assuming the tires are fine and the rims are fine and and they said uh, that you know it was road force balance and they said it, that everything was fine and then there's this. Um, uh, expression that there's uh, an industry term where there's you can't really zero them out there's there's a, a standard vibration uh, uh, throughout the industry I don't know what that are they means. are they is, is your tire shop trying to convince you that we accept vibration and out of balance tires is normal is what I think you're describing to me. Yeah, uh, I mean, a minimum. Uh, it's crazy because the first thing I was told, uh, you probably need newer tires because of the, I guess, the, the model-type tire, the, the grabber. Uh, and, well, I'm not going to put newer tires on a 2017. Right. That's what the wind force balancing is supposed to do, assuming the tire is fine and... And the wheel is, you know, all of that is round. Well, I don't know. Let's let's talk about road force balance a little bit, okay? Road force balance. You ever look at an ellipse, you know, and add a round circle? So yes. if, if you think of your tire as an ellipse, an out-of-round circle, and the wheel as another out-of-round circle, because they both, even though they're round, they do have a high and a low spot of where they're out-of-roundness is elliptical. All right, if I can say it like that. So what, what road force balancing does is it looks at that elliptical balance or that elliptical circle, and it, 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 it matches the weight to counteract for that high and low spot of the rim in the tire, if that, if, as well as balance the tire by splitting it into the quadrants for each section of, 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 of area of shake. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Okay. So, how many miles are on the car? Uh, twenty, almost twenty-one thousand. All right. So you got twenty-one thousand miles on the car. I don't think it needs tires. The General Grabber. I like the tire. It's a nice tire. It's a it's a bit of an open lug tire, if I remember it right. That it's 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 an it's an aggressive tire or a more aggressive tire than others that are out there, and they can ride a little lumpy. But if you're telling me that they're, they're they're you're going through the balance and then all of a sudden they they you know start vibrating again, is is that the case? Yes, I mean it seems like uh, 58, 60 miles an hour. I could I can feel it in the wheel in the rim in the uh, the wheel in the steering wheel, and then uh, it seems like it comes and goes. Right. Well, it seems like the vibration comes and goes. Yes, but I can't feel it in the um, in the uh, the steering wheel after I heat up the tires. Maybe you know it seems like that. Well, has anybody checked tire pressure? Yes, I I do do that. Yes. Okay, you following you following placard? What's on the door? Yes, uh, and that was another question uh, as far as making a smoother ride. I've never had these type seventeen-inch uh, tires. I can't recall what the placard says right now. I think it's 35. Is, does that sound about sounds, right? Sounds like you're in the neighborhood, yeah. And this this time of year, 
I would, you know, if I'm starting out in the morning and it's 75, 80 degrees, I'd, I'd start at 35. I'd leave them at 35 this time of year. In a couple of months, when it's October, November, they're going to lose, you know, two, three pounds, and I'd pump them back up to 35, starting out cold in the morning. Um, let me let me let me ask you this question: Do you remember what size the profile is? This is a what a, a the tire size. Remember what size tire this is? Two twenty five fifty, two twenty five sixty. Oh, jeez, I don't have that right now. You yeah. Know, if it's a, if it's a lower profile, if it's a forty or a fifty series tire, for example, Road Force. My experience has been Road Force comes more into play. Um, I don't have a Road Force balancer. I don't do a lot of forty, forty-five. I don't even do a lot of fifty series tires. Yeah, we probably do a f- more fifties, but it doesn't seem to matter. I have the next model down Hunter balancer, and it works just fine. When we balance something, it stays balanced. It's so this 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 conversation they're having with you about acceptable vibration. Um, yes. You know, my conversation to them would be, and to you is Frank. Do you like bologna? You know, bologna's like two twenty nine a pound. I hope you enjoy the sandwich they're giving you, because yeah. it just you know. Do you have another car in the family? Yes, I have a couple of them. Right, uh, right. I, I trust. Yeah. I got a, a small Ranger and a, and a Prius. Right, and do they do they ride the same way as your as your as your Chevy Traverse? Well, I'm not in the truck that often, and the Prius, that's what my wife drives. Right, but my point is that if acceptable vibration was really a true myth, then why don't right. why don't you feel it in the other two cars and in the other cars that you might ride in? So that's that's where the, that's where the bologna yeah. sandwich idea comes from. Is this a tire shop? Is this a dealer? Is this your regular mechanic? Who who is this? It's a tire shop. Yeah, it's, I, I think, won't name. Yeah, I I won't name it. Uh, because uh, I haven't taken it back or discussed it with the the uh, the owner. Yeah, I, th- uh, just to get- I think they're I think they're feeding you a line, man. I really do. I'd call them on it. You know, I if the tires are balanced. Listen, this is a simple thing to to solve. All right, because that's the good news. Take it back. Look at the tires on the balancer. If the if the if the machine says, "Hey, it's out of balance," it's out of balance. Now we got to figure out why. Do we actually have a tire going south? Is a belt shifting? Is there a tire issue? It's possible, not likely, but it's always possible. Um, or did we have a bad initial setup doing the balance? You know, anybody can miss it. Or did it just hit a pothole and throw a weight off? You know, y- your concerns to me sound legitimate and valid. If we were standing at the counter at the shop, I'd be going, hey, you know what? Two things. Frank, let's go for a ride. Show me the problem because I want to see it, and then give me an hour and let me pull all four tires off to a quick balance. Um, I can print both before and after, which I'm betting the Road Force machine can as well. At least then they can show you. A quarter ounce or less won't make so much of a difference. A quarter ounce or more, or, you know, that past quarter ounce does make a difference. I would be very susceptible or very suspicious of it, and um, did something get balanced wrong? And, you know, look at the rims when they take it off, if they take it off in front of you. If one wheel has, oh, you know, my rule is kind of two, three ounces of rim, you're approaching max. If we've got a rim with four ounces on it, something's off, and they're not they're not seeing something properly. So I think you're within your right. I would go back, talk to the owner, say, hey, listen, this is what I got. This is what I noticed. This is what I've been told. I'm confused. Uh, you know, can you take a look at it and tell me what's really going on? If they don't give you a proper answer, I'd find somebody else that can balance. 
All right, Ron. Thank right. you, Ron. You let me know, sir. I'm kind of curious to hear what the end of this is. So by all means, you give us a call back. All right, Frank? All right, Ron. You take care. Have a you, good day. You take good care, too, sir. Thank you. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's cruising back right after this. Ron and Andy in the Car Doctor at your service at 855-560-9900. Let's get out to Trevor in Wisconsin. Trevor, welcome to the Car Doctor. Hello. Yes, sir. I have a 2010 Town and Country. Okay. And uh, every once in a while when I go to start it, um, it just starts a little bit and stops right away, and it doesn't happen all the time. It's pretty intermittently doing it. I took it to a dealership, and it didn't fail for them. So I was wondering if maybe uh, like a remote car starter would work. Well, when when you say it starts and then it doesn't start, Trevor, is that it? It doesn't crank evenly, or it doesn't crank at all? What exactly does it do? It cranks for just a split second, like a, a fraction, like half a second. It just turns over a little, turns over, and then it just stops. Like the key's not going all the way, or okay. it's one of those plastic key fobs. Right. Is it a push-button start or an actual ignition key? Actual ignition. Okay. 3.8 or 3.3 liter? 3.8. Uh, 3.8. Okay. Um, other than that, the car works well. Yes, I higher, like it. If higher, had a 2003, I like it even better. But <laughs> yeah. Higher mileage? Um, 74. Yeah, not a lot. Um, one of the things I would do is, you know, the, the problem is this. I'll say it like this. The problem is this. When you turn that key, it's, it's not really a direct connection to the starter anymore. All right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's through a series of relays and controls that activate the PCM, which activates the BCM, which activates the TIPM, powertrain control module, body computer, and totally integrated power module, which then finally activates the starter. All right? Wow. Yeah, there's, there's a series of computers between that key and the starter motor itself. So, sure. you know, if we want to diagnose this, one of the things I would do is you want to go back to the dealer and say, listen, there's going to be, there's two, there should be two wires at the starter, okay? Uh, one's going to be the okay. heavy, one of, one's going to be the heavy power feed coming off the battery, all right? And the other's going to be the okay. solenoid, the solenoid signal wire, I'll call it that, because I haven't looked at a wiring diagram for one of these in a while. What I want to do is okay. I want to tap into that solenoid signal wire. I'd, I'd prefer to do it down close to the starter just because the closer I am to the component I'm testing, the better I feel in case there's a problem in the harness somewhere else. But what I'd like okay. to do is I'd like to tap in as close to the solenoid on that solenoid signal wire as I can with a 194. And I say 194, I've never explained it. It's just a small side marker, a, a, a small side marker bulb. Say that three times fast. All right. I'm looking to see if I'm looking to see if when you turn the key, does that bulb light okay. up? All right. Oh, okay. All right. Sure. If 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 that bulb lights up, and listen, we've we've done this from time to time. I've sent customers out where I'll I'll paint the tips of the bulbs different colors. Tell me which tell me which bulb lit up. The blue one, the red one, the white one, the yellow one. All right. Oh. And, I'll, and I'll I'll transplant side marker bulbs into different parts of the circuit. So I'm not there when it happens, but they'll tell me, the blue bulb, and I know which part of the circuit I was testing, and then I move on to the next one. And, and, and you know, it takes time, 
but you want to solve the problem. It takes time and money. You want to solve the problem, we'll solve the problem. It's, it's just a matter of how you attack it. At least if I jump down to the starter, and when you have the problem, if you're holding the key on and that bulb lights and then goes out, I know the problem is somewhere upstream. So now maybe I'm going to jump between the tipum and the BCM. And if the light stays on, I know the problem, the circuit's good till there, and it's more likely the tipum, which I'm kind of suspect of the tipum anyway. Totally integrated power modules on Chrysler's are going to go bad like the sun's going to come up tomorrow. Um, they've been, mm -hmm. they're, they're known issues with corrosion. They're known issues to fail internally. Um, you know, they're known mm -hmm. issues to the point that a lot of them are on back order uh, for certain cars. So, But that's how I would oh, attack okay. that problem. And at the very least, at the very least, I would make sure that they scan this car for fault codes. Are there any communication or data bus faults in history for this particular vehicle? Because that might also give you an indication of where the fault lies, too. All right. Oh, okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it, Ron. Thank you. You're very you. welcome, sir. Let us know what happens. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's coming back right after this. Welcome back. Ron Lane, The Car Doctor. No more calls today, but the number for next week is 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's 24-7 number, 855-560-9900. Keep it handy. Keep it local. and uh, Or call and leave a message. Tom Ray, executive producer, will call you back and get you in the next live broadcast beginning next Saturday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, out of the Car Care Council, carcare.org. You know, it's traumatic sending the kids away to school. Imagine sending the car away for school, because the car has to take the kids to school. Four steps for sending your car away to college, courtesy of the Car Care Council, carcare.org. First one, get a send-off vehicle inspection. College is a busy time for students, and it's likely the car care at college will not be top of mind. Sure, of course not. There'll be all those frat parties. I mean, um, you know, my daughter called the other day. She says, what does 5G mean to you? I said, that was my bar tab in college. She said, no, that's new wireless. Different story. But get a send-off vehicle inspection. College is a busy time for students. Make sure the kids understand and the car is maintained and they know what to expect and what to do. Make an emergency plan. How true, right? What if you get a flat? Does your kid know how to change a flat on the side of the road? Do they have a flashlight? Do they know, for example, if the engine's overheating and there's steam coming out from under the hood? Don't open the hood, all right? They've got to fight that human emotion. Don't open the hood. We already know the car's broken. Now's not the time to, to get you know hurt by lifting it up for spray and steam to hit us in the face or our body and, 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 and worse, right? So make sure they have an emergency plan. Fully charged cell phone, first aid kit. Listen, they're going into winter most likely, depending on where they're going. Are they ready for bad weather? An ice scraper, a snow brush, a small shovel, all right? Um, you know, make sure they review the on online Car Care Council's guide, Car Care Guide, and they become familiar with the owner's manual. Let them know where the owner's manual is. If they have a wheel lock key, if the car has wheel locks, Where's the wheel lock key? Do they know how to change a flat? Can they at least tell the roadside service, hey, here's the wheel lock key so I can I can change the flat. Where's the wheel lock key? Last, make sure they stay on schedule. Know when they're coming home. Schedule a date with your mechanic so that they can do the oil change and filters and fluids while they're home for the holidays. And it's a good, safe college year for one and all. More information at carcare.org. Till the next time, I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. Everyone.